Hey everyone and welcome to the Gals Chat Podcast. This is your co-host Amy. And this is your co-host Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Sandra Laplante, who is going to talk to us about her transition from engineering to entrepreneurship full-time. This episode is sponsored by Steel Chic Shoes, who offer women's fashionable steel toe shoes. Not only are they certified to meet OSHA standards, but they are lightweight and comfortable. The shoes are designed to look good and keep you safe so you can confidently walk your own path. Steel Chic has a special offer for all Gals Chat listeners and guests. Use promo code ENGINEERINGGALS to get free shipping and a free water bottle when you purchase a pair of shoes. Now let's introduce this week's guest. Sandra is a Latina engineer who has tackled Silicon Valley's toughest challenges, an immigrant advocating to close the education gap, and an idealist working to level the playing field of STEM with her social-driven startup, Papaya. Hey, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very excited. Me too. I think there's so much to talk about. So let's get right into it. Yes, we're so excited to have you. And let's start off by you telling us a little bit more about yourself. I mean, we had a brief intro. Tell us about your whole experience when you came to the U.S. and you ended up with industrial engineering. And then we'll continue on with Papaya and your whole story. Yes. So when I was little, I think it all started in Peru. I really love problem solving. So my parents like always bought puzzles for me. So every time I would solve them, uh, they would buy a bigger one or more complex one. So I think it really started by that. And But I came to the U.S. because my parents didn't want to pay for a veterinarian school because he said that, well, my dad said that Peru was, uh, you know, like a very underdeveloped country and people don't take care of their animals. So they didn't want to pay for a career that would not give me any earnings. So... I felt so cheated and betrayed, you know? I was like, he told me I can be anything that I wanted. <laughs> I want to be a veterinarian. So I remember watching in movies that people in U.S., like, they work and they go to school at the same time. So I figured, okay, I can do that too. I'm going to go to U.S. so I can work and I can, you know, put myself through school. Well, it was way different than when I landed here. I um, worked three jobs making, I remember I started making like six fifty uh, an hour. And I mean, I thought that was great. So that was a long time ago. Where did you work? I worked at Fort Rockers. I don't know if you know it, but it's like a East uh, like Florida thing, or I don't know, but it's, it's a burger place. I worked at Sweet Tomatoes, and I think it used to be called Soup Plantation in other areas. Which oh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So it was like a sheer... And also like a server, <laughs> I wore many hats because I would always like, you know, want to work because I had to pay for my own like room and for my car. I mean, like when I left Peru, I was determined to make it on my own, you know, it, um, you know, it just, I really needed to make it on my own because my parents had said that they weren't going to pay for school. So was this in high school or in college? College. So okay. I have finished high school. I started college. They said they would only pay if I was going to school for to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. 
technically vet you're kind of a doctor yeah you, you could have been like an animal doctor <laughs> an but. animal doctor that's what i told them but you know i wasn't good in sales so uh, <laughs> so yeah so, <laughs> so i um so i came here and studied microbiology first i studied in community college because it was cheaper and it was what my friends did at the time so you know i was friends with a lot of uh hispanic immigrants so i was doing what they were doing my experience was that you know i guess i was a little naive and that gave me a lot of peace because i didn't know many things so i used to like go for things that i probably was not prepared for uh like buying a car getting like you know getting an apartment, all of those things. Like, you know, I wasn't scared of doing it by myself because I had no other choice. You had um, to do it. Right. But like at that moment, I wasn't <laughs> thinking like, oh, there's nobody here to help me. Did you meet those people when you got to the U.S. or did you know anyone when you moved here? I knew my uh, one of my good friends that I used to go to English school at night with. And I mean, I know she tried to help me, but her parents didn't want to take care of a 17-year-old at the time. So they... You know, like I was, I ended up in a motel in the worst part of town uh, and it was really bad. But, you know, like, I mean, I met like really good people along the way. So, you know, I'm very grateful that um, I was with my mom at the time because she wanted to settle me in, but she couldn't stay because of visa situations. And she met a friend that she, okay, this is funny and it might take too long this story, but she actually we were like walking around looking for places to rent right so i can get situated like a room for rent and we stumbled upon this guy because we were asking for directions this was before google maps and before iphones so we asked him hey where is this and they said oh are you latina are you i'm sorry are you peruvian and we said yes uh we're peruvian and he goes, oh, I know my friend is Peruvian, so we'll go to your, like, you know, your motel later. And they came, and as soon as the, the other guy walked in, he looked at my mom, and he goes, he's like, Gladys. And my mom is like, like, she didn't recognize him. They went to oh high gosh. school together. So oh, wow. they, like, brought us over to his house, and, like, him and his family took care of us. And like got me situated so like i feel like i met like really like amazing people along the way that try to help you know and they did help so so yeah that was my experience um i went to school for microbiology first and then my last year i switched because i realized i did not want to be a veterinarian i switched to mechanical engineering because i heard of you know like Florida, especially Orlando, where I was from, is where NASA and Boeing and Siemens and all of those companies are. And I used to hear the engineers talking and I was like, oh, that's so much fun. I want to do that. And so I switched to mechanical and later on I learned about consulting and I wanted to do that. So I switched to industrial. That's how I ended up in industrial. Oh, that's really cool. Long story short or long story long. Yes. And then how did you uh, end up learning that you wanted to do consulting? 
by chance, uh, I met a couple people at a cruise ship and they was they learned that I was studying engineering and they said, why don't you come and do an internship at Accenture? And I said, well, what is Accenture? I've never heard of Accenture. And he told me, I went and Googled it. And then, this is so funny. <laughs> and then I Googled what is the best type of engineering to do consulting. And the Google came back with the results saying industrial engineering. And I was like, okay, I'm switching my major to industrial engineering. I think that's one of the experiences too, like about being like a, like a solo immigrant without your family, because I couldn't call my dad. He didn't know Accenture either. Um, he knew the competition, Lloyd, but you know, like it was just news to him and yeah, like I mean, it's it's a little hard because you do everything on your own, but you don't. I don't. I didn't know, you know. Like I was just like, oh, like I'll just do that. <laughs> but it was fun. I liked it. That's really awesome. Was this while you were still at community college, or you had already transferred? No, no. Yeah, I transferred already. I transferred to um, UCF for mechanical. And then I switched and all of my mechanical engineer friends, they were like, no, they're like, no, you that's not real engineering. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is. It is, it is engineering. I mean, that's why it has the engineering after it. Yeah, right. No, but they would always like make fun of me. They're like, no, you're actually smart. Why are you switching? And I was like, I was like, guys, like, I have a plan. Uh, which is funny, I never told them about my plan or Accenture. I never discussed it until I mm-hmm. actually got an, got an offer. So you already had the plan of starting Papaya when you started with Accenture? No. Uh, I went to, so I got a job at Accenture and like before I graduated. And then the last semester, the last term of my school, I decided to take for my optional class, Java, because I figured I should challenge myself and be serious. I could have taken belly dance classes for all, like, you know, <laughs> um, but I don't know why I did this. Um, so I was failing my class and, and I was like, oh my God, I cannot fail. I was like, I'm gonna ruin my chances to go to my dream job. So I knew my cousin in Peru was going to the best engineering school in Peru, which is public, and public is free for you there. So I hired two tutors, and I said, you know, whenever you're available, I created a chat, and I said, like, I'll pay you this much, but you have to promise me that one of you will be available, you know, for me. And I don't, like, you know, study normal hours because I work, so it's going to be nights and weekends that I'm going to reach out. And they were always available. So every time I would like do a problem and I would get stuck, I would, I would be like, is somebody available? And they would jump on a Google call with me, um, help me in all of my homeworks. Because I like missed like two, like the first two weeks. And I thought that, you know, I could get away with that because I used to get away with that for all of my engineering classes. And I thought like, oh, like whatever, you know, Java is going to be just like that, but it was like, really? another language. So I went to a quiz that was like, oh my God, like I, like it was Chinese to me. I was like, no, I didn't yeah. say anything. So I was like, oh no, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And So during this time you were also working full-time still? Yeah, I always worked full-time, yeah. Wow. Um, so 
so yeah, so I told him, I was like, it's going to be just nights and weekends and sometimes very like, you know, like late at night, overnight. And they were always there. And my, I had this particular tutor that, you know, if he was not available, he would like, you know, connect me with a friend. And I was like, no, I was like, Elvin, I, I really need help. I was like, this is I'm going to sleep at midnight. Uh, so he was <laughs> me with a friend. Uh, you know how we are. Uh, we're big procrastinators. So, so yeah, so, but he was, I think that everything that he was is what I love and the reason why I never got tutoring before because he was so patient. I never felt like he would judge me. And I really, truly felt he was so grateful for that money I was providing that he didn't have otherwise, you know? So like, he always made me feel welcome. And like, like I was like, you know, sometimes I would just be like, I don't get it. Like, I, I just, no, like I, like, please dumb it down for me because I really don't get it. And he would never get frustrated. He would just like, I remember he would just be like, okay. Like so nice. And, and I was like, oh, my God, like this guy. And I remember when I started working at Accenture, I still, like, didn't get, like, the idea there and there. But I remember my friends would ask me for my tutors. Uh, mm. And so we would go buy food on, on Western Union and pay them because that wasn't available, like, to pay through your phone yet. So it was, like, papaya, but, like, very manual, right? And I remember when I got to Accenture, I I did my first week of orientation and it's full technology and they talk about all of the companies they work with. And that's where I first thought about the idea. It was when I came back from Peru and I took my tutor out to dinner with my family to say, thank you, you know? And, and I think I came back from dinner with my family and that's where like the idea really sparked. I was like, Oh my God, I could make like an Uber type of platform for engineering students. Like we're always like procrastinating uh, you know, the only way that we really get help is check, but they're not really making us understand. They're just like kind of giving us the answer, you know? So that's where I really thought about it. And to be honest, I kind of felt guilty. Like I was like, wow, my tutor would never get the same opportunities because he's not in America. Yet he's so smart and so nice. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so that's that's how it sparked, like really. <laughs> Wow, that's really great. Um, is he still part of the papaya family? He was. He was. Uh, at the beginning, he made a, he helped us with our first, first prototype. And then he got a scholarship to go to Japan. He actually didn't even start computer, computer science. He studied physics. Oh, wow. Uh, because he was self-taught computer science, he got a scholarship to go to Japan. And that's, that's where so we lost cool. him. Oh, that's really awesome for him. But I mean, yeah. yeah, it seems like he would have been a great asset. That's so exciting. How long were you at Accenture before you decided to head out? I mean, I know we want to focus on your story to like tra- how you transitioned to entrepreneurship, but I also know that you really love your job at Accenture. No, Accenture is great. And I really think, I mean, they're still helping me, right? And I'm not even working for them now. Um uh, mm-hmm. I was there for five years. I started in Accenture Technology under their consulting development group or program, which is a program where like you pretty much go try different projects in any industry, any client, um, any type of projects because you have, you know, different practices for blockchain, data analytics, um, 
big data industry X, which is the practice that I wanted to get in. I started in testing. I started testing at um, Disney. They cannot fire me anymore. So <laughs> that, that, that was the first, first job, which is like, kind of like, it was kind of like repetitive, um, but it, it was like testing e-commerce sites for Disney. So like I was a testing um, engineer, like t- testing software engineer. So I would like talk to the client about like the requirements for testing and then the, the software development uh, group. And I would just like be the part of the user acceptance uh, like team, you know? So it would like the software development team would release the, like, I guess the, the feature and then we would test it. And I tested the e-commerce on iPhones on like web platforms, their internal uh, programs. And it was funny because I hated it. Oh my God. I was like, I cannot be, I was like, this is so boring. At the beginning, it was fun because it wasn't too much. Like, you know, it was just like, an, like a normal like, nine to five. And then you forget about it. But I, I don't know why. I really wanted to work hard. And it worked. Uh, I did it for like, I think, a couple months. And then I got another project. And that, I think that's the beauty about Accenture. If you don't like something, you can talk to your career counselor and say like, hey, I don't like this. Like, can I switch? Mm-hmm. I want to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, so I got moved into a government project where we did a lot of software automation for the processes that they did manually. Actually, Accenture was really good for that project. Uh, and I learned design, so software design. Uh, <laughs> so then I went to, I got a project, like, you know, like I feel like with Accenture, you can be also the, you have ownership of your own career. So you know, like I would look at projects and be like, oh, I want to work at this company. I want to work at this search company, at this social media. I mean, they have, they work with like, I think most of the Fortune 500 companies, any company you can think of, it's a client of Accenture. So I went to this search company to do software automation uh, and do a quality uh, process step in their software automation, in their supply chain practice. So it's funny because that's where like the design that I learned in the government project and the testing that I learned came into play. So I came with like all of these templates, all of these processes, and they were like so like, I guess, yeah, they were a little wow, to be honest. They were like, oh my gosh, she has it already. Like she has a process and this is good. And I was like, I'm literally just copy pasting from like other books. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's so, the only thing I know, but if it works for you. Yeah, I was like, yes, yes, I'm prepared. Uh, but <laughs> You're like, of course I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's a good thing, right? Like, and I think that's why maybe Accenture, um, charges as much, as much as they charge because you have this big network of people that have done things that, you know, clients are trying to solve for. And, and that was a good learning experience. I mean, that is really where I learned through, through like software development, how to, because I, I like this search company worked, uh, it's still, it's a huge company. Uh, I cannot disclose the name. And I was working on their cloud services. And the good thing about this type of companies, they started as a startup, right? And they still operate as a startup to not kill innovation. 
So learn to like, just be like agile, move fast, release fast, break fast. So I think that, you know, Accenture and everything I did at Accenture really helped me to what I now do at Papaya. Because we develop a platform, right? We do third-party integrations with payment systems, with video conference. So we have all this platform that I learned how to do at Accenture. Had I not had those clients, had I not had those type of work, I would have never done that. And even this that, um, new like engineering challenge that I'm helping Fernanda with, right? I said, hey, let me just like take care of the tech bar. You do you. I'll I'll be your partner. I'll take care of, of the tech. And but I had like done so many volunteer events for diversity and inclusion at Accenture that I know what they hire, that I know what they're looking for. So not only, uh, you know, I can help Fernanda with the tech bar, I can only, I can also help her with that corporate relationship that, you know, I would love to help more people with. So, so yeah, I mean, Accenture was great. Uh, I, I always say best MBA you can ever have because people always say like, should I get an MBA? I was like, no, go to consulting because I think <laughs> Accenture. Yeah, because you have like, you know, like you are the owner of your of your own career. You move around as you want to. Like you don't like energy. You can go to financial services. You don't like that. I moved to Industry X, which is the engineering practice at Accenture. And they work with the, you know, hardcore engineering departments for like all the companies. So I remember I did like a, a huge like project. It was, it was a merger and acquisition and this is public information, so I can say uh, Nestle had bought uh, Starbucks consumer packaged goods services, and we were in charge of the supply chain integration. And that was pretty cool. Like, you know, like I would have never, I mean, I think that if I go back to my community college days, I would have never seen myself there. Never, you know, like I would have just always mm-hmm. said, like, that's not for me, like, it's not in the books for me. Um, and I never thought Accenture had like, all those type of clients and, you know, like I just wanted to work for them, uh, but I didn't know it was going to be like that. So, so yeah, I'm happy and I mean, happy to answer other questions about my experience at Accenture. It's been great. I, I was at Industry X, that's their engineering practice. They work with all the type of industries, uh, mainly focused on high tech, med tech, electronic devices. Uh, all kind of companies, uh, aerospace, automotive. What else? Uh, yeah, software development. Like, I mean, every like every company you can think of, mm-hmm. uh, they're there. And then, um, then I and I think that this is also something that I learned at Accenture. Accenture really um, cares about networking, and they know the power of networking and how good you should be at networking. So. At this search company, I met this guy who, you know, like we just bonded, you know, like we just bonded because he was a Mormon from Utah. My mom used to be a Mormon, but she was, she's an an inactive Mormon. So we bonded and he was in the strategy practice at Accenture. And I was always told like, oh, you can never go to strategy at Accenture because you didn't go to an Ivy League. They only hired from Ivy League. And he pulled me. He's like, he's like, here, like, we're doing transfers. Like, you, you never know who you know. And I was like, okay, thank you. Like, you know, and then I, 
I was okay. Like I submitted my transfer and, you know, hoping for the best. And then they accepted me. And in, yeah, I mean, you do get imposter syndrome, right? Like I big time, mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, but um, I mean, I'm very, I'm always going to be very grateful of Accenture and I love the opportunities that they like open up for me. Right. But, so which year was when you started Papaya? Uh, so when I really, really started, I guess it was 2019 where I started like thinking about it and like, you know, I did a manual pilot in 2019 to just see like, and that's something that I learned from software automation to manual pilot, to see the user behavior, to automate that. Right. So I did that over Thanksgiving break where I went to Peru, hired tutors. And then I talked to a professor at UCF and I was like, hey, I need some students to prove this out. And, and we did it. And in 2020, um, actually 2019, I was trying to find a team, a software development team, and I couldn't find one. In 2020, I put a, like a coding challenge for the tutors I had hired. So remember, I'm hiring really smart engineer students, right? Mm-hmm. So. I put a coding competition. I was like, I'm offering internships. Whoever solves this, um, you're hired. And and I got a couple people and then I hired them and I trained them. I paid for their tutoring and their classes in JavaScript, which is the language that we use at Papaya. I trained them with the methodologies that I learned, like uh, Agile, Scrum, um, behavior-driven development so we can be fast. Um, yeah, and so 2020, we started, and it was going slow, and then the pandemic hit, and, mm-hmm. you know, their classes got canceled uh, for months because they went to public school, um, right. we just did papaya together, we get up, uh, get in a call, do papaya all day, go to bed, nights and weekends, uh, full days, so... That's where I really started the development and we launched in October for fall season. So yeah, that's when I started it. Look at you. That's amazing. (laughs) So I love that you did like the pilot test. And so it seems like what you did at Accenture, like definitely gave you the tools you needed to start Papaya and know what to do. So I thought that was really cool. And so when you were at Accenture, you decided that you wanted to take on papaya full time. Like when did that transition happen? And like, how did you sustain your business time wise, financially? What did that look like? Uh, well, I sacrificed a lot of time. Definitely said bye to like the, the just my personal time, dating time, any, anything. I mean, everything was to me papaya. It started with nights and weekends, and then it was just full-time all the time uh, until I became obsessed. I mean, I would wake up thinking of ways, like, to do papaya, go to bed. Every Everything I did was just, like, around papaya. Um, you asked financially, I'm completely bootstrapped, uh, so everything is self-funded. I poured over $100,000 into papaya. I also uh, had a partner, actually, and that was a good boost uh, to my, I guess, confidence, right? Because I was like, somebody believes in me. 
And but to be honest, I mean, he was a great uh, friend. We were friends since we uh, lived in Orlando together. He went to a, a really rich private school, Rollins, and then he went on to UPenn to study law, graduated top of his class, ended up in the, I think, like one of the top two firms in New York City, which is uh, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. And he wanted to invest. And so he like, became my partner. But then he got a little, like, um, you know, busy. He's uh, married with children. And he had more, like, I I understand where he didn't have enough time to papaya, with and for papaya. So, you know, like, we parted ways and I had to buy him out. And, yeah, but, um, you know, he still believes in papaya and in me. And I think at the moment it's what I needed, you know, because, it's it's hard to be a solo founder. It's it's hard to like you know when you're down like you're just like nothing works like you know like mm-hmm. you just want to give up. So you do want to have a founder that you know like when that person is down, um, the other person you know pulling the weight and you know it, it is a partnership. And I mean like like you ladies right in engineering guys, uh, I'm pretty sure that. You know, like you have those moments and then yeah. have the partnership where like somebody's like, okay, like, you know, like just go to bed. I got it. Um, so, you know, we, we started to have that partnership, but then he got like more busy. So we talked about it and it was just, you know, best for him to just walk away. And, and it was really hard, but um, I also think that the reasons why I wanted him to be in Papaya were not the right reasons fully. He's my friend. He believes in me, right? But I also thought like, oh, well, he is a white male from this Ivy League school, from this uh, like top, like fancy law firm. Um, He'll open more doors just because he's a white male, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that I could do it by myself. Just being a, a Latina, where English is not even my first language, so I don't. I think that that showed me, and like a lot of things, showed me to not operate from a place of fear, but always, you know, operate from a place of strength. So yeah, so it worked out. We're still friends, but that um, that's how it started. Um, and that was part of the financials. He he invested money, but then I had to like buy him out. Back. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, do you think he was able to bring in the value that you were expecting or I guess play play the role that you were expecting at the beginning? Yeah. I mean, at the at the beginning, yes. But it, like I said, like he got like. Uh, yeah. And like I think at the moment I really didn't need like a lawyer. Now I do. So if anybody's listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but now now we do. But I think at the beginning of the, mm-hmm. you know, when we're building the platform and figuring out the um, business model, the product market fit, I don't think that, you know, maybe he was the best person. And, and I think that's also maybe one of the reasons why. Uh, we parted ways because he also didn't think he was supporting as much. Right. Since his focus was law. Besides that, what are some of the main challenges that you came across, which you didn't expect? Like which mindset did you have to carry throughout the years in order to see Papaya be successful? And what was your thought process when you were tackling these problems and issues that came up in your business? 
So the first one was like not finding the development team. And then I guess I just got like smart about like thinking, okay, maybe I'll just make my own team, right? Like won't hire people, but make them because I have like, you know, engineers here. I, I had a small team, but the engineers that, or the student that, like engineer students that I hired, they became my full team. And one of them actually mm-hmm. like, dropped out of school to do papaya. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's now a partner, obviously. And, you know, like that's been a blessing. And so I think that I manifested a lot, actually. I manifested for a partner that would give me the exact same amount that that partner gave me, uh, the lawyer. I manifested my team. I was like, I just need a team, please, like, you know, universe. And they came through. And I think that without my team, I couldn't do papaya. I mean, it's all, I like give it all to them. And then the next one was customers and the business model that we had. I thought like, um, and it's funny because I really follow ClassPass uh, founder, Payal Kadakia and you know mm-hmm. she used to be a consultant she wanted to do this like marketplace for all these open like um, gyms and studios and I was doing the same right but like for tutors and like students to get help real time and and she did an open table type of model meaning like you come and you like book it when you need it didn't work out for her it didn't work out for me either we heard like we have 500 subscribers like on our launch because we contacted a couple schools uh, in Florida that we had, you know, relationships with amazing subscribers, but we only had like maybe one class a week, if that. And we were just like desperate, like always like, um, like trying and trying like different things, doing workshops at the University of Miami, doing things. And then, you know, like I actually, and I, Oh, and I think I didn't answer Amy's question about quitting Accenture. So this is actually a good um, segue to that story. I took a leave of absence from Accenture thinking, okay, my strategy is to not come back. Like, I really don't want to come back, but, you know, I'm going to come back if I have to. So I took a leave of absence in December, but it really did feel like I had to leave. But, you know, like it was scary. Um so I launched Papaya and then I, I thought like, oh, it's just going to work and I'm just going to observe. Like everything is built. Okay, now I'm going to go back <laughs> to the corporate job and just wait for the people to show up and, and nothing, right? So that's when I took the leave of absence to figure out the business model. And that's when we switched to a subscription model and we relaunched that uh, in March, and then that's when it really like worked out. Like we went from like having one class at a time to having multiple classes a day. And we didn't tell anybody, we just told a couple people. So uh, like, you know, like on the back end, we were like running around asking people like, are you available? Are you available to give a class? So the users didn't feel that experience, but like at the like they didn't really feel how manual it was on the back end. Um, but that's how it was. And that I think that was a big like obstacle to overcome. But I don't think we never we never like thought like it wasn't gonna work. We just thought that we were like doing things that weren't working. But I think that the team mm-hmm. that I have in, you know, like us, 
uh, together and collectively, we have blind faith that papaya is, you know, is going to work, it's going to be big, and it's going to be the solution at the STEM gap that we currently have. Because we have a price point that's accessible to everybody. We want to work with corporate to make that price point free for some people, um, you know, because we understand that education is key and it's important. And we want to give everybody a fighting chance in STEM, at least, you know. So we have good a good mission for our tutors who are our benefactors on this platform. We want to give them an income that they never had, you know. And with that, you know, like it's not just money, but with that uh, medium goal would be to increase their confidence. And a long-term goal is to increase their quality of life. And that's what we want to do for underdeveloped countries where you have a lot of like engineer students that are really smart, but are not in America, like my first tutor, you know. To have that corporate job benefit or corporate job opportunity um, with all those benefits. Wow, that makes me so happy. Yeah, I know, honestly, that like makes my heart so warm and um, so happy that I met you in general because that's it. It's an amazing mission. It's something that, I mean, kind of like at the beginning of your story that you hear about in the movies, the change that you're able to make. And at the end of the day, like you went out and you did it through papaya, which is super exciting. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like a wild journey, but um, yeah. What made you look at different business models or how did you decide to go from an open table to a subscription or was it just like trying around different things? It was smart. And honestly, it took me a couple, like, like a month. And then obviously then another like month to like, switch the platform because you had to change the payment systems and everything. Were you looking at other different businesses or like, were you reading books? Were you talking to other entrepreneurs, a podcast? What were you, where were these ideas coming from? We had a business consultant for a little bit that wanted just to help. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. a black woman. She works for Black Joy, who in the color of change, which is a, a, a pack. Yep. political activist uh, community and she she had helped other businesses and she said you have to switch and you have to increase your prices and to me like switching to a subscription model was you know like I wanted this to be accessible I wanted this to be like you know like affordable for everybody because I was thinking as a student like I would have never like gone to tutoring if I had to pay like you know, X amount of money. And I think that that's a lot of like um, the same struggle that other engineer students face, right? Uh, So she said like, no, subscription is going to work. Just do it, just do it. So we did it and it worked. Um, Then I joined an accelerator a couple months ago and they said, you have to increase your prices. And that's another like, you know, hard pill to swallow because you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going against my principles. I don't want to, like, increase my prices. This is supposed to be accessible for everybody. And so, but what they said is that, but you just, and I think Peloton had the same mm-hmm. problem. They didn't have users. And then as soon as they increased their prices, they started having so many users. It's just, uh, like, I guess, perspective, um, like, point of view. 
as in customers how they perceive like, it they perceive it as oh i'm actually like this actually provides value to me because it's this certain type of this certain price yeah, point yeah that makes sense yeah so apparently if it's too cheap they don't think it's good uh so they say like no you should put that you cost like you know like 50 dollars an hour and then um but what we're doing now we didn't put 50 dollars still that that that's still too much um but we might have to increase it again. We did put this $26.99 an hour. But what we do now is that if you don't make over $100,000, mm-hmm. then you get 50% off. Because we're still oh, wow. trying to be accessible to everybody, you know. And with that money, tutors are still making, you know, a good income. Even with 50% off, you know, we only take a percentage, you know, for the service fee. And then most of the money goes to the tutors. So with that money, tutors are still happy, you know? So, right. yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, that's the whole point. Like as an entrepreneur, like founder, the money goes to your your team first. It goes to your employees first. Yeah. And you got to take care of your team. Oh, yeah. 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 It goes to the tutors because the tutors are the ones that we really like want to help. Because mm-hmm. we think like God, these engineer students in other countries are so smart and they'll just never get the same opportunities that we do in America. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you were able to pretty much troubleshoot that and figure out like, okay, this business model isn't working. Let's switch it. And you feel like it's now it's like obviously doing a lot better than before. So I think that's like part of being an entrepreneur is always like uh, going through different iterations and things that work but once it works you're like you're solid <laughs> yeah so like yeah so you came from a position where you know I think just looking at your entire journey like you migrated to the U.S. and you became an engineer started your own business and now that your business is running successfully you're also in a position where you're able to give back to other people that you're trying to support in you know the stem community other entrepreneurs and you know how has that journey and experience been like for you it's been great um and it sparked more ideas because we wanted to first be just a tutoring platform connecting students so they can help each other real time uh but what we have discovered is that because of the fact that there's also a huge need for corporations to hire STEM diverse talent, we're also able to use our platform and connect, like you know, businesses that are helping with diver- diverse talent acquisition to corporations like Fernanda's Challenge, right? So Fernanda. Um, I actually reached out to Fernanda and said, like, let's do this. This is the engineering challenge. And, you know, like, and she just wanted to do a small engineering challenge. And I was like, no, let's make it big. Let's get corporate to fund this. Then, you know, because I was thinking, well, at first I wasn't thinking really, but then like a light bulb just went up. And I was like, wait, I was like, we can get corporate to fund these events because they'll be able to hire at the end of the events. And because I know what they're looking for, we can prep all of the students that will never pass the, like, you know, the, what's the name, the interview process, unless we are telling them how to act, how to be, and that you got this. Essentially, it's just to tell them an extra validation point to these engineer students is like, you deserve to be here and they want to hire you. Like, 
you know, you're not doing them any favors because I wish that somebody told me that. And somebody did actually, because I remember when I got my last interview with Accenture, they were flying me to Washington DC, paying for my hotel and everything. I was like, what is this? Um, but I knew they hired the type of talent that they hired and the type of people that I was going against. And that was just like, um, I'm not gonna pass my interview. And I remember I went to my professor and I said, like, I'm so nervous. Can you please prep me? Uh, you know, like I'm competing with like the best engineering schools in the country. My GPA is like 3.4. Like, what am I going to do here? And he said, you work through school. He's like, that GPA 3.4 is a 4.0 in my eyes. And you highlight that. You came to this country. Like, so he like was giving me this pep talk that we hope to give to these like uh, underrepresented females in this engineering mm-hmm. challenge. That's so exciting. I love to see that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the engineering challenge that you and Fernanda put together. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she's putting that together. I'm just like providing the platform. And now that's what we want to do. We just want to be a platform where anyone can come in. We can support you, uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, but also with the right connections. Like, Tell us what do you want, what do you need, and what will right. make it happen for you. You know, you're like, like that middle person who's providing the opportunities. <laughs> like an Amazon, think of an Amazon, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just like come in, like do your well, a nicer Amazon because they're the devil. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like it's like a platform where you can come and like you know you can do what you want. You want to support more Hispanic, more African American. You want to support more women. Like you know, like we got you. We have students. Um, we had the corporate connection, so that's what we want to like start being that we, we started becoming. And on top of that, we also started getting a lot of in, uh, like inquiries from high school districts where there's also like a lot of like school children that are getting left behind because they don't speak their language, right? So we really just want to be this like, manufacturing company of engineers, not engineers, but all STEM majors that corporate can hire and that we want to offer them like with the right like resources, you know, preparation, organizations that we're partnering with SHEP. um, We're partnering with more like organizations that we can just say like, hey, like, you know, like this is what they're doing. This event Mm -hmm. is coming up, you know. Uh, because as an engineer student, I think you're in such high demand that you don't know it. And then corporates are looking for like people, engineers are looking for jobs, and we're like, you know, like trying to connect them all. Right, right, and give them like the students the confidence and the tools that they need to be right. able to go out and get those jobs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and connect them with the right person, right? Like Papaya, like you can maybe provide them with the technical skills, but provide them with the right people. Like mm-hmm. like you ladies, like, hey, like you want to get empowered, go go to engineering guys, or you know, like you want to go in an engineering challenge, go to Fernanda. Like, you know, like you want to get into a grad school, like I'm not a grad school, but like an Ivy League school, like Fernanda. It's like she can tell you what you know what you need. And right. I think yeah. that would be, you know, that that's what you're we're just trying to be a, like a network of STEM students, but right. our bread and butter is the technical um, assistance. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is yeah. amazing value. So outside of Papaya, 
well before I was Accenture and now it's Papaya full time. What would you say, like, what are some things that give you like purpose or excitement in your life that fulfill you outside of your job? I mean, it seems like Papaya is like your baby and like your whole bigger purpose. Um, but what, let's say, let's talk about what do you like to do in your free time if you're not working? I see you working out in the mornings. I love working now. I feel like I'm just like, I hope like nobody under 13 is listening to this, but I'm really a raging bitch when I don't work out. Like, I know it's like, I'm just, like the worst. I'm like, oh, guys, I just didn't get my workout today. Forgive mm-hmm. me. Um, like, I definitely have a whole morning routine where I wake up, I stretch, I uh, try to watch the sunrise all the time. And I read a book and then I go to the gym or I'll do the gym first and then I stretch again, meditate for 10 minutes, do a manifestation, like, you know, like positive affirmations. I actually do positive affirmations in a, in a form of questions. So I say, like, why am, why do I love myself so much, right? Like, why, why do I do, like, why am I such a good communicator? Things that I want to work on. I'm asking myself how I can be that, you know, and trying to ask the right questions. So, you know, something that I practice is a lot of self-improvement. I love traveling, like traveling. Uh, oh, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. And I really hope I can get to do that with Paya. Um, mm-hmm. But that is really what I love to do. I'm definitely, I love like going out. I, I mean, I don't get to do that as much now, but because of COVID and everything, um, which I think it was a perfect time to create papaya. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, I'm very social. I have a lot of friends, but like, I, I have to start reconnecting again because I just mean like, heads down on papaya. Right. And I get jealous when my friends don't invite me anymore to anything. Like, <laughs> I just don't get invited now. Like they used to invite me now. I just don't get invited. <laughs> You've reached that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know it's my fault, but you know, like, I hope they understand. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love uh, just outdoors. I definitely miss California because I used yeah. to go hiking mm-hmm. in the mountains. Um, California is really pretty. Um, but I had to come to Miami because I wanted to like be a little more mindful about money because it's like, uh, well, it was cheaper here, but then everybody started coming to Miami. Now it's expensive again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I like to do. Um, I definitely think that on that part, like that's another area that I would like to socialize is that um, or redefine how an engineer looks, right? Like I am into fashion. I like going out. I like taking pictures. I definitely used to be like, you know, um, I love parties and I love socializing. And I mean, that's okay. I gave up a lot of my hobbies for papaya, but something that I really do still keep is my um, my health and like working out is just like so good for my brain and myself. I should be popping a, pop, a podcast while I work out and that gives me energy because I feel like I'm listening to other entrepreneurs and how they made it. And I was like, yes, I can do it too. Um, so, Love that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Working out is always awesome. And I always, I love listening to podcasts as well. Yeah. And is that why you created this one? Or how how did this come up? I want to hear about that. The podcast, this podcast? Yeah. So it pretty much, I went on someone else's podcast. I was interviewed. I did my first podcast interview 
And I realized I loved the entire process of understanding how people face challenges, overcome them, just learning about like how they've grown over the years. And I also realized that I really do like talking. <laughs> so I was like, I really want to start a podcast. And then I remember uh, Maritza tells me, she's like, oh, I know Lara's also really interested. So then we got connected and we we're like, let's literally highlight all of the women in the engineering gals community because we see them online, right? You see them on Instagram, but we want to know like what makes them, you know, who they are, you know, how they became successful in their careers and, you know, everything that goes with that. So that's pretty much how we started. We're going strong. We're like, it's, I know, what, it's like, it's almost been a year. A year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we've been a year where we're hitting a year soon, but it just went by so fast. And the amazing women that we've been able to meet just through the podcast, it's been yeah. super fun and amazing. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, I do like, I love podcasts. And I hear that you guys are number one for engineering, for female engineers. Well, and then, yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's nothing really out there like this. Yeah. There's nothing really like there's there's still not enough talk about like STEM or like the actual like engineers or like STEM um, professionals that are the type of work that we do. And, you know, the whole breaking stereotypes thing comes from like not not enough people being highlighted and this ties back to diversity and you know how are we different from each other at the end of the day like every engineer is like yes a problem solver but we all kind of like have different ideas we all come up with our solutions our own different ways and every engineer or like yeah every engineer or computer science or scientist person that we've interviewed every woman that we've interviewed they've had their own path they've paved their own path and I mean, that's why we want to like show to other students that, hey, like you're going through this rigorous four year, however long it takes you program, like it's tough, but there's so many ways that you can approach your dream career or your dream job or, you know, like you can end up with all these other women, like all these other women who are sharing their, their stories. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a matter of like awareness, increasing representation and Showing other students that they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope to have you all back on Women in STEM Wednesday soon. We oh, like keep like, discovering more women, right? Like we, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like, I'm trying to keep up. And now that I have more time, I uh, don't know if I answered the last, like, I mean, Amy, I don't know if I finished all of your question, but actually I just quit Accenture. I, I, I came back. After I figure out the business model, oh, okay. and then I quit. I just, I was like just listening to everybody saying like you can do both, you can do both. Maybe, but it was draining me, and I think that I just like I don't know how to explain it. I just knew I had to leave. Like I just knew mm-hmm. I had to like just take a leap of faith and leave uh, because. I know I'm the kind of person that I just have to put myself in a position of discomfort to get out and do and make something happen. Like I mean, that's what happens when I came to the U.S. You know, like I was 
hundred miles away from my parents and like I couldn't go back home and be like, oh, it's just too hard, you know? Like I was just mm-hmm. like thinking like, oh, this is what I just have to do. And this is just how you do it, right? Um, it's the same with Accenture. I just think it's like a great place where I had a lot of comfort and like, I just knew like, okay, like I have this direct path to be a managing director, which is the same of being like a partner. But I'm like, do I want to be that? Do I want to do that? Or should I just focus on papaya and give it the attention that it requires? So yeah, I took a leap of faith about a month ago. And I think that that's when actually things just started coming my way. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for you. And I'm so proud of you for taking that leap of faith for yourself and for papaya, for your baby. Yeah. Do you have any advice that you would give to other people who are trying to start their business or maybe take that leap of faith themselves? I mean, I would say like you're never going to know what to do. It's, it's going to be hard, and but it's going to give you so much purpose and to find like joy in the process. Like, because if that's something that you really want to do, you figure it out. Uh, you can ask friends. There's always somebody that knows exactly how to do what you're trying to do. Uh, Google is your best friend as well. And yes, I mean, I would say just go for it, go for it and just take some action today. Like, let's say like you don't even, you're not even, I guess, sure about what you really want to start or how to start but like take some action because action creates momentum and that creates a loop of like you keep going and going and keep you know things just keep happening and then i feel like the universe looks at you and they start putting the right people in your path right just like you like uh Amy, you said, like, you want to start a podcast. And it's like, oh, Laura wants yeah. to start a podcast too. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I to just put it out there and start doing something. I think that, you know, like, you'll make it happen. Love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Before we wrap up, do you have any future plans that you want to share with our uh, listeners? Um, anything that we should keep an eye out with Papaya? With Papaya? Um, Yes, so we have right now the schedule, like, you know, you can, like, go in, like, schedule a class, but we are actually now finally prepping to go and find investors now that we actually have corporate clients and students, um, and we want to do that to actually be able to provide real-time uh, help so that will be really cool it's like you know whenever you get stuck it's like right there and that's what I really wanted to have all the time and also you know provide with the peace of mind to our students that they'll be able to at least you know get paired with a corporation that wants to hire them oh I love that that's awesome that's really exciting yeah having yeah. real-time help I think that's so helpful especially when you're in college and an exam is coming up and maybe sometimes you just get stuck. I I went through so much tutoring when I was in college. I don't think I would have passed my classes if I didn't have tutoring. And I don't think ever thought that I would like be so reliant on tutoring, but engineering is hard and having help is just, it just, it's monumental in, you know, your college experience. So I love that you're providing that. And making it more accessible for people. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, I wish I discovered tutoring before because it's also like a waste of time, right? Like trying to figure it out for four or five hours, sometimes days, then to have somebody to explain it, you know? It's like kind of going, you know, to, I don't know, let's say if I start driving to California, right? And I get lost. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I just stop and ask somebody for directions? That's how I think about it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and sharing, you know, your story, all the challenges you faced and all the advice that you gave us today. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do you want to let us know where we can find you or we can find Papaya, all the links and uh, social media? Yeah, so all of the uh, Instagram, YouTube, is just Papaya Tutor. You can Google search Papaya Tutor. You can type on your URL, papayatutor.com, and that's where you can just sign up or shoot us a question if you have any questions or doubts before you sign up. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much again, Sandra. challenge is there too. Uh, in our header, you can go to papayatutor.com and you'll see the engineering challenge there. So you can also sign up for the engineering challenge, which I do think it's a great opportunity, you know, to add experience to your resume, to network and to get a job, you know? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you again, Sandra. It's It's been so much fun and such a pleasure talking to you. And hopefully we'll get you back on the podcast as things progress and as Papaya grows. So we hear an update. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll definitely come in as soon as I get that funding. Now we're just yeah. <laughs> You can tell us yeah, all about it. And you can tell us all your how-tos and secrets. I hear that it's going to be months. I hear that it's going to be months and then you'll get a lot of no's before you get a yes. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're just starting. So the right yes will come along. Yeah, it will happen. Okay, everyone, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to leave us a review, share it with your friends. And if you're able to, you can also support us by leaving a small donation at anchor.fm slash engineering gals. We'll talk to you next Monday. Bye.